Listen up. I found the perfect place to keep your juicing habit going. Oh, yeah? I've just discovered Blendit, a new health and juice bar in the heart of Alton Town in Hampshire. They specialise in juice cleansing plans and detox programmes, perfect for maintaining healthy lifestyles or helping people on diets. Go on. They freshly squeeze all their locally produced ingredients every morning, packing them with flavour, vitamins and love. If you fancy a snack, they do Buddha bowls, avocado dreamers, fruit froyos, and sweet dessert plates. Is that all? No, sorry. Upstairs, there's even a well-being centre where you can practice meditation, private yoga, and experience other treatments. You can find Blendit on Facebook or pop in for a chat to find out more. That's Blendit Health and Juice Bar. Happy juicing! Welcome along to You Have Been Watching, the podcast that invites a different guest each episode to choose some of their favourite telly shows. They'll be asked to pick four separate shows from each of our categories and a couple of bonus choices as well. Why? Because they've won our made-up competition to spend a weekend away at a luxurious travel lodge in the heart of Preston. Joining me as ever for this expedition through television is Luke Bateman, a man who I've never seen hit a guinea fowl with a rake. And straggling along at sloth speed is my best mate and arch nemesis, Elliot Williams, a man who I've never seen wear sandals. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what? Until I saw some old videotape the other day and you were wearing an extremely fashionable combination of three quarter legs and sandals. Really? Yes. Yeah, so I, wow. had, I had never seen you wear sandals until I rewatched this videotape. So you actually did. It's wow, not something you'd wear that's now. That's atrocious. No, it was that's funny. really bad. Well, we were only about seven years old. Yeah. It was it was a good look. Yeah. We have got Alex Lowe on the show today. And I don't know if I can say this, but I, I think I will. Uh, this is one of my favourite, favourite episodes uh, that we've ever done of You Have Been Watching. We admire Alex so much. He was so generous with his time. We spent about two hours chatting about all manner of things. And during a time that's, that's so tough for a lot of people, it was just a, a pleasure, really, to be able to sit and listen to him uh, work his magic and chat and tell us these stories and, and be so funny. Definitely one of the funniest ones we've ever done, for sure. It was like having a sort of one-on-one show with him, wasn't it? Like a stand-up show. He was hilarious. He's got loads of anecdotes. He's got loads of celebrity stories. He's got everything you'd want. Impressions, opinions, fantastic. This was also recorded on the hottest day of the year. <laughs> this was another scorcher. This was a real scorcher. He, <laughs> he looked so at odd. us when we came on the video link and we were sweating buckets because you've got to sit close to get in the same frame on the video thing. Wow, my God, it was hot. We had to come out. I think I took the top off when we came out. It was worth so it. So sweaty. I think I had to ditch that white T-shirt. You should have worn sandals. I should have worn sandals. Yeah. Wouldn't dream of it. Wouldn't dream of it. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. Yeah, enjoy. You'll hear Alex talk about it, but if you can, please do book tickets to his Clinton Baptiste Go Stratospheric Tour. We've just booked our tickets to go see him in Basingstoke. Looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. Can't wait. Uh, so please do enjoy as much as we have this hidden gem that is the Alex Lowe episode of You Have Been Watching. <laughs> 
So here on You Have Been Watching, we imagine that our special guest has won a weekend away in a hotel room in Preston, where all they can do is lie back and watch telly. They'll be choosing four of their favourite ever TV shows, and we'll be hearing why they've chosen them and what it means to them. At the end, we'll also ask them which television personality they want to spend their weekend with and what they'd like to eat. Our competition winner today is Alex Lowe. Born 15th of January 1968, presumably conceived around 15th of April 1967, Alex was raised in Pinner in Harrow. Alex is chiefly a comedy actor and a writer who's had tremendous success on stage, screen, radio and in podcast. A self-proclaimed workaholic, Alex's diverse mix of TV credits range from Cold Feet, Absolutely Fabulous and The Thick of It to Fime and Sam, New Tricks and The Secret Diary of a Call Girl. In the past, he's been a regular contributor to radio, featuring on BBC Radio 4, as well as Steve Wright's, Christian O'Connell's and Ian Lee's respective talk shows. Two of his most famous alter egos include sham clairvoyant Clinton Baptiste from Peter Kay's Phoenix Nights and Barry from Watford, the oddball star of the all-new Angelos and Barry show, an award-winning podcast he co-hosts with fellow comedy character Angelos Epithemu. Alex Lowe really has agreed to join us for a gentle cant around this television-themed race course of ours. Hello, Alex. How are you? Uh, hello, fellas. Yeah, I'm great, thank you. Any um, discrepancies at all? To be here. Is that correct? You have been in all those shows, haven't you? I've been in tons and tons, but, you know, little bits here and there. I spent most of my career turning up and sitting in a porter cabin for hours and then going and doing one scene and then going home. I mean... On Ab Fab, I um, I mean, I only God, I only played a guy delivering a uh, Christmas tree. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> but it was but, a very uh, good was, delivery of a Christmas tree. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it was, it was just like you know, two or three lines. That was about it. But it's nice to be in some of those iconic things and think, oh well, at least I had a little bit of a go in that. Well, talking of all the things you've been in, Luke and I uh, played a little game as we were researching you to come onto the podcast today. Uh, and generally, yeah. I'm not making this up. We, uh, Luke and I were scrolling through your list of credits and we would name any sitcom or TV show at <laughs> random to see whether yes. you've been on it. And more often than not, you absolutely yes. had appeared in it. I think I even said... Uh, was it CBBC's The Slammer as an absolute joke? Which is a rogue choice. Yes. Which is a very rogue choice. We were choosing yes. some very rogue choices and you were in it. It was kind <laughs> was of phenomenal. Yeah, what did I play in that? I can't remember what I played in I that. I assume a but, convict, but... a crook of some kind that could maybe juggle. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like you were dressed was... as a guard in some sort of police uniform or prison I guard. I might have been in a suit and I was a visiting dignitary from the government or something. <laughs> I met um, Ted Robbins. Yes, of course. Who... Uh, that was the governor of the slammer. It was very good. The slammer wasn't it? It was Great very idea. good. It was like it was before Britain's Got Talent came along, I think, and it was the, yeah. the only opportunity that kids saw of variety acts. Like I think acts like the yeah. Showstoppers and the Noise Next Door originally performed yeah. on that before anything else. So it was a really great way to introduce new acts as well. Ingenious, yeah. To have, I mean, I like anything that has got, which I'll come on to in a minute, which has got sort of a sense of cabaret in it. And um, I remember meeting Ted Robbins there, who was very much of that old style you know, northern comic genre. And um, then, of course, I met him again. We did Phoenix Nights yes. live. I was sharing a dressing room with him where, unfortunately, he had, he a, had heart a heart attack. He had a heart attack, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say the same stage, thing. Yeah. Live on stage, which Gosh. was uh, the most appalling thing. And, you know, he, we'd been in the dressing room together uh, and he said, look, I'll hear you if you hear me, you know, sort of with the lines before we went on. And we'd, we'd been a bit... So, because it was um, comic relief, we'd only had a couple of days rehearsal 
and there was a lot of it was on auto queue and it was just sort of thrown together. But no one was being paid for a kickoff, so no one was really going out of their way to rehearse forever and ever. <laughs> and uh, we went to Manchester Arena and we sort of got in there. And the moment you look around, you think, oh my God, you know, it was, it was like 14, 15,000 people were going to turn up. And I think we all suddenly thought, oh my God, we've hardly rehearsed this thing and it's sold out. <laughs> and everyone was suddenly very nervous. And Ted had been doing panto and we went through the, the lines of the dressing room and he had this great, great gag, which thankfully he's given to me now, which I do as Clinton, which is, um, he looks into the audience and says, uh, what a lovely outfit, sir. If I ever win the lottery, I am going to buy an outfit just like yours. I just need those three numbers to come up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and I said, that is brilliant, right? Anyway, I was waiting for him to do it and we were stood backstage and all those sort of Asian elders and the dwarfs and all that from Phoenix Knight stood around. And, bec- and he sort of clutched his chest and fell down and hit the deck. And because we'd barely rehearsed it, all the cameras broadcast on these hundred foot screens just zoomed in and thought it was all part of the joke. And there's the guy with the death rattles and it's <laughs> echoing round the bloody arena. And it was a bit like that Mwimba, the, the Bolton... On the land, Fabrice uh, Mwamba, yeah, yeah. Mwamba, yeah, yeah. Where everyone just in silence got up and walked out. It was the most terrifying thing. Everyone knew something awful had happened. But what a cheery way to start the podcast, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome Sorry. to... Car- you have been watching Cardiac Arrest. <laughs> Sorry. And next, cancer. No, but... Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. But anyway, that was Ted, and that was the Slammer. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> Listen, that was hard. It's hard for segues now, but it was what a, a good anecdote. <laughs> I mean, you really have been in everything. Um, you're so versatile, and you, you've been in so much. It, it's quite hard to narrow down some, some questions for you on specific shows. Mm. Uh, how does it feel to be part of such a, a lengthy list of, of hugely popular and, and brilliant shows? Do any stand out for you of being particularly more favourable? Well, I mean, I suppose... Oh, man, there's a difficult one. I mean, I really loved doing the Peter Serafinowicz show on BBC Two, which I was convinced was going to be the funniest thing that ran and ran and ran. But I think what happened was too many sort of repeat sketches, and that was due to budget. Like everything is due to budget. And so they went, well, let's have six of those. And you kind of, after a while, a couple of them, you thought, yeah, I've got this gag now. And it sort of, that came and went. And I don't know whether they put that on at the wrong time or, but it was so funny. And, you know, you always hear older actors and television people talking about um, having the right to fail. And, and the BBC and other people will always, always used to give you a chance, famously, Blackadder and Dad's Army and these sort of things were given a second chance when they didn't quite work. And I think if they'd come back with a second series of Peter Serafinowicz's show, it would have been an absolute smash. So I really loved doing that because it was one of those properly funny and properly funny in, in rehearsals. And, you know, when you're in something like that and you think, I would watch this and the other thing I really loved, and no one ever remembers this one, but it was only about three years ago, uh, Cheap, 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 which I did for Channel 4, with Noel Edmonds as Barry from Watford, which yeah. similarly, I know it was pretty terrible at times. I'm not an idiot. But it was getting somewhere. And if we had another chance, it really would have been something. But like everything, it's like, no, move on. I haven't got time for that. No, forget it, forget it. I, so, I, I was know. in the audience for one of those shows of Cheap, oh, Cheap, Cheap. And I, I was. And uh, you had the audience in absolute hysterics, you did. Well, uh, that's very kind of you to say. I mean, I remember it being torture to, to shoot 31 hour episodes look i say that it's not doing a proper job it's never really torture but it is wearing that prosthetic all day 
for weeks on end. And it was in the middle of winter, you'll remember. We didn't see any daylight. We just went in there at six in the morning to the studio in Bristol, worked till, you know, eight o'clock at night, went back, just saw, I literally saw no daylight for probably four weeks, something like that. So your your career kind of started at a very young age, didn't it? You even thrived in a talent show as a young lad, didn't you? But a little birdie told us that you didn't quite get the trophy, did you? No, it was my my brother and me, and we did the Sussex Coast Country Club. They They had a sort of talent contest for kids and then we got through to the regional finals at the Blue Waters Holiday Camp Seaton Devon. Oh, the was... Blue Water Seaton Devon. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> we, it was me playing the piano, my brother playing the drums and then me doing impressions and he was my straight man. But it was really thrilling to go on this free holiday. I'm, I'm assuming now it's like, you know, when holiday camps in the closed season, they need someone to fill it. So it, it, there was no one around in winter. So it was full of these precocious brats doing their entertainment and uh, yeah we were pipped by this girl who in, in a leotard doing McCavity Cat from Cats oh for goodness sake <laughs> I mean it was so lame and we were playing the drums and pulling out all the stops and then third place there was another couple I would love to know what happened to them there was another sort of comedy duo who, who I always thought were funnier than us but they didn't have the drums and the piano yes that was <laughs> um, it wasn't it yeah <laughs> that was it that's what pushed us into second place yeah but uh, you know, deck it, now yeah <laughs> God, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, no, it should be younger than me. But uh, yeah, it was so, it was great that. And when you're young and fearless and just like showing off, it was it was easy. Nowadays, I think I'm 52 and I'm still arsing around. With, with Dan Skinner, you know, when we're doing Angelos and Barry, very often I have to go to a joke shop, buy something that looks a bit like a penis. <laughs> and I just think, oh... God, but it's never know, not going to be are... funny, is it? It's farcical. <sighs> people love it and have throughout time. My kids, one of whom is your age, is just rolls her eyes and just thinks, how pathetic, you know. Dad's bought um, a prosthetic penis in for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's what it's like. And, you know, buying this rubbish or... You know, Dan says, well, right, could you could you make something that, or draw something and cut it out? And you think, there are people in my age doing triple heart bypass surgery, and there I am drawing an alien with a big knob or something. You know, it's pathetic. That's what I hate. That's at times like that, I think this enough is enough. Now. Yeah. You need to get the piano back out and the drums, really. That's that's what's going to Well, yeah. It. You know, we did, we, we did a talent show when we were about 10 years old, and we had a terribly oh, yeah. funny, um, yeah, really, really funny topical sketch about swine flu where we were all playing pigs there was three of us oh yeah oh it was terrific it was absolutely terrific but we came third to a boy that put on a trilby and uh mimed and sort of danced although it was quite off the hoof to um michael jackson's beat it well they beat us by a slim margin it's funny you should say that the the swine flu thing i remember going to edinburgh I think someone did a whole show about bird flu, which before they, you know, when they had to apply to get on at Edinburgh, was a massive thing. And by the time it got to August, it was like, hey, what's this about? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it was like a terrible prediction. It never, oh, yeah, bird flu. Oh, yeah, well, I don't know. Um, your your parents you've spoken about a little bit as well, and that they couldn't possibly imagine, you know, during the sort of 60s when you were growing up, 70s, they couldn't possibly imagine their son maybe having a career in the arts because it seemed a bit alien. Your dad's yeah. job was a world away well, from showbiz, is that right? Yeah, well, he, well, sort of. I mean, he was a tea taster during the day and he sort of prepared the catalogue for tea auctions. That's, that's very, very interesting. Can I just job. really quickly, very rudely, pull you back to a tea auction? 
What is yes. a tea auction? Well, whether it still... Ha- well, it probably does still happen. Um, but in those days, there was a sort of ledger he would fill in. Nowadays, it's all computerised. But it's about... Huge, it's probably like oil prices. You know, there's masses of tea and tea prices going up and down and people, you know, bidding for tea. He would prepare the catalogue for huge auctions of mass shipments of tea coming in from Sri Lanka and India and Kenya and those sorts of things. He would always bring the most fantastic blends of tea home, you know, and uh, you know, put them together on the kitchen table and, and it's a really, the smell of tea and tea leaves is so evocative to me. I drink so much bloody tea, it's ridiculous. Uh, and it's so much nicer than coffee, and it actually quenches your thirst tea, doesn't it? Unlike coffee. I, I find coffee gives you such a headache. I think, and yeah. I've said this before, I think coffee is a placebo. I really don't think it wakes oh, you yeah. up. I oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's not a placebo, guys. A there's caffeine in it, there's a drug in oh, it. Oh, well, there is that, but it always kills me when you see people sort of coffee snobs, uh, sort of mm. Nero or one of these things, and they have a little glass of water with it, and you think that's presumed to get rid of the taste of the horrible coffee. <laughs> You've just bought. You know, I mean, just drink the water. <laughs> oh, I can't function without a coffee in the morning. It's just... I cannot do anything without my coffee. Shut <laughs> up! And if you don't have two, they get the shakes. They pretend that... They say, look at this, look oh. at this. And they have their hand in the I air, mean, like jazz hands. It is. But it's really one of those things, isn't it? It's been force-fed us that, no, you've got to have coffee. No, coffee is a thing. Everyone has coffee. They have coffee in LA. Everyone gets by on coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. It's a social oh. construct, isn't it, coffee? I've changed isn't my mind. <laughs> what a load of nonsense telling us we want coffee. You're I biased. Your dad was a tea taster. You're a biased yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, what a funny thing to be snobby at tea against coffee. Very similar sort of drinks. Oh, he's got his views. He won't coffee. change his mind. He's you know, you know what he's like. It's tea this, tea that. Very, very narrow-minded in the hot drink sphere. Uh, your route into the business was actually quite extraordinary in itself and kind of a refreshing rarity, wasn't it? You had quite the kind of phenomenal relationship with, with Kenneth Branagh, didn't you? Yeah, we were lovers. No, we weren't. We were, uh, he was, uh, he was, I was his stand-in for a lot of the time because I was exactly the same height and I looked like him and colouring. And we met doing another country and then I went, did, joined his Renaissance Theatre Company and I was in various films. I did Peter's Friends and Much Do About Nothing. And so I did lots with Renaissance Theatre Company. It was, it was just the greatest thing to start off my professional career as an adult with this guy sort of championing me and uh, you know I, it, re- it really was like a dream come true I left my degree and then he said what how can I help you and I said well I want to could I join you in fact he offered to, he didn't he didn't ask me he said do you want to come and join my company and so I joined his company Renaissance and uh, he you know I did I did these these films then I did, picked up another film so I'd done about four films in my first four years of being an actor and of course then after that it was downhill all the way <laughs> <laughs> it was never been quite as good as that. I remember that Much Do About Nothing film. It was the first bit of uh, Shakespeare I ever watched. I can't remember how old yeah. I was. Probably about eight or something. I mean, if you can imagine, 24, I was. I went over there six weeks. So you were there for the whole shoot because I was his stand-in. You know, you get given a hire car. I was living in a villa with Brian Blessed. 
laughing my head off all day. I had an Italian girlfriend who was an extra in the show and working with these greats, you know, and also you'd be on the set with them, you know, playing Branagh's part while he was behind the camera setting up the shot. And then I had my part in it, you know, in the middle of Tuscany. I cannot tell you how brilliant it was. And, uh, you know, for a long time, I used to have dreams about Kenneth Branagh, you know, that he was, you know, he was such a massive influence on my career. Brian Blessed keeps coming up on this show. I mean, really, it's exhausting. And it was exhausting in that house. I was going to say, I can't and, get the image out of my head of you being flatmates with Brian Blessed. It must have been a nightmare. It was. There were times, honestly, <laughs> he's one of these people. We used to have people over for lunch and he would do that awful thing using me as a prop. So he'd be saying, you know, I was in uh, Tibet and I and uh, the Dalai Lama's extraordinary. He'd be walking down the street and get hold of a dog! And he sort of grabbed my face. And you're thinking, I don't know whether to go with the improvisation or, you know, or just say, can you get off my face? You build on it, you must say yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's right. You don't want to block the improv. That would be high, uh, really bad manners. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, there was all that. And if you, if you occasionally I'll be making a cup of tea in the kitchen and if you got talking about you mentioned tea earlier he asked me about my dad's tea stuff and you could be there for three hours while the bloke was talking about tea or you know I mean it it, it went on and on and on and you'd be thinking this conversation one-way conversation is going to have to end shortly you know (laughs) It went. It was. It was exhausting. And um, if we could get on to Clinton Baptiste, um, which is a yes. character that you have played for a number of years. He was, of course, on Phoenix Nights. Um, he was. You've said before it was co-created by you know Dave Spikey and Peter yes. Kay, and they came to you with this part, and obviously you embellished it and built on it. I just wondered how much of yourself you were able to bring to Clinton in the first place, and then also how he's changed since you've gone off and done spin-off tours on your own with the character. Yeah. Um, when we first did it, it was really entirely peter and but except no that's not true actually i improvised a couple of lines like you know don't shoot the messenger and uh, (laughs) actually there were a couple of lines that were mine actually in that but the way he wanted it done is very very precise you know but then since peter's very kindly let me do it you know i i wrote half the script for the comic relief thing we did at manchester arena and then since then i've you know written an hour's show and i go out and do all that myself and i always pass it under peter's nose and and luckily with it with exception of some swearing he didn't like once he's always said it's fine and it's great and he never goes I don't want you doing that it's amazing to see him develop over the years and he works so hard to try and craft that beautifully but if people wanted to hear a masterclass in improvisation they really have to listen to the all new Angelos and Barry podcast I mean it really is exceptional is that the most fun to do yes it's great fun to do it's just like without being too pretentious it feels like a jam session where we get together Dan is so funny and you know very giving as a an improviser that's when it you guys will know this when it works best as if no one's trying to get the upper hand you know it's just between you you can make this funny and so uh we've been doing it for many many years i'm a little bit embarrassed about how immature it is sometimes but uh it's 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 great fun and Dan is a you know a great mate of mine so yeah i love it it's great fun. I mean, when you've got bull bags and Kim Jong-un in the same sentence, you know you're onto a hit there. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to do career-wise? Is there anything really burning you thought, once I've done that, I'll be really happy? Because you've done so much. Is there anything on your tick list that you'd love well, to do? I would really like my own TV sitcom, obviously. Um, I've had a few close shaves with that. It never quite happened. But the honest truth is, doing that 
Clinton Baptiste tour I was doing, which was just been curtailed, cut in half by the COVID thing. Genuinely, I was thinking, this is all I want to do. I absolutely love it. You go up and down the country, people turn up to see it. It's your writings, not my creation, but it, you know, I've written the show. You get big laughs. Um, it's thrilling. You know, as I said, sitting in a porter cabin waiting to go and do some lines in a TV show that's not yours, it's all right, and you get paid, and you get to see yourself on telly, but it's not the same as people have paid to come and see you. And so that was my... I really thought, at long last, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And sure enough, I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? I thought I will either lose my voice that's happened on stage to me once before at the Young Vic, which was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> and so I was kind of squeaking all the way through it, which was just awful. Uh, or there'll be some awful disaster at home and I'll just have to come home to the family. Uh, but the one thing I didn't see was a worldwide pandemic <laughs> just wiping it out for, for, for what I can... I mean, and it's been postponed once the tour, the remainder of the tour. And I think... I mean, who knows? It might be postponed again. Being a clairvoyant, so... that's quite ironic, really, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Let, 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 let's move on. Congratulations, Alex Lowe. You have won a luxury weekend break to the idyllic city of Preston, where you'll be spending all Lovely. your time in the finest twin bedroom Preston's Travel Lodge has to offer. It's common knowledge there's little to do in Preston other than to sit in bed all day and watch television. We hope you have a pleasant stay. So you've got four TV choices you've got to pick. Imagining you're going to Preston for a whole weekend and all you can do is watch these four television options. We've narrowed them down into little subcategories to help you choose uh, and that's all you can do. And you've got a couple of bonus choices as well, but we'll go through that as we go. So your first choice, Alex, is a TV show that makes you think of your childhood. Now, here's something you young people never heard of. It's called The Good Old Days. And it was all shot at the uh, City Varieties in Leeds. Uh, and, it, and it featured people like Les Dawson, uh, Dinah Dawes, Barbara Windsor. And they're all dressed up in Edwardian clothes doing cabaret music hall from those days, from the early part of the 20th century. And at the time, of course, even <laughs> I would say up until about the age of 30, I couldn't have cared less about the good old days. I used to watch it. It was one of those things that was on. But I think, oddly, it's been sort of, um, it, it's been the thing that's inspired me to be an actor. It was it was full of people sitting in the aisles, rolling in the aisles, watching this old, old-fashioned comedy. Big smiles on their faces, very, very colourful, wearing flouncy Edwardian hats. And it just looked warm and funny and cosy and bright. And, you know, when some people, you know, you hear them on Desert Island Discs or whatever, saying, you know, I, I come from a very literary family and I became an actor. It was nothing to do with that. It was just, you know, I didn't know anything about the National Theatre or the Royal Court or any of those things. It was that. It was this music hall end of the pier stuff. So now when I'm on my tour and I've played it uh, with Dan Skinner, I play, I've often played City Varieties, which is the best venue in the country. It's glorious. And when you guys get out on the road that is the place to go city varieties lovely warm northern yorkshire audience and and that's where it was filmed the good old days was filmed there so uh that's what i i'm always thrilled it feels like you know my mecca but it just just that feeling of people laughing in the aisles and my dad used to take us to things like we went to see mike yarwood who was a brilliant 
I say he's brilliant. Actually, he wasn't that brilliant. But he was a, uh, a, a an impressionist who used to do Harold Wilson and Eddie Waring and um, people from the 1970s who were big stars. And we used to go, we went to see him on holiday at, uh, you know, at the Winter Gardens in Bournemouth. And it was those kind of initial forays into show business that really got me turned on to it. So, yeah, that was the sort of thing, really. Number two is a TV choice that gets you laughing. Doesn't necessarily have to be a comedy, but I think it probably will be in this case. Right. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. This is this is where I should have prepared. This is properly. live prep going on, everybody. <laughs> this is the cogs whirring of a man's brain. So uh, it gets me laughing. I tell you what gets me laughing, uh, and I know it's featured on your show before. Come dine with me. There was a great blip bit that I, I I had to film and put out on Twitter the other day, where um, <laughs> a woman was saying, you know, that sort of terrible suburban showing off people do, you know. And she said something like, I'm not showing off, but I have met some celebrities in my time. I once was at the supermarket in Southampton and I met Tommy Doherty. And I just... <laughs> and I burst out laughing and had to film it. And of course, you know, Tommy Doherty was a football manager, but, you know, not seen since the late 70s. But it was the way she did it. Now, that makes me laugh, but it's a bit mean, isn't it, laughing at those people who just want to get on the telly, don't really have any discernible skill. <laughs> if it was if it was scripted, it would be the greatest uh, sort of yeah. observational yeah. comedy of all time. It's kind of nasty, isn't it, putting the proles on telly and, and getting them to hang themselves. It's, you know. But they love it, and it, and it's for the cash as well, isn't it? What is it? Is it only a grand? It's, I think it's a £1,000 for a week's work, for a week's going on telly. Imagine being paid a gig and for £1,000 for five my, days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favourite, eating and drinking as well. Yeah, yeah. If they yeah. asked you to go on Celebrity Edition, would you do it? Oh, I would definitely do it in character. Yeah. I would never go on as me as an actor. For kickoff, everyone would say, who the hell is that? But if I had to go in character, oh, I'd definitely do it. Who would you if go as? Where, I'd go as Barry. But You'd I mean, you know, to, Dan yeah. Skinner met his wife on, on Come Dine With Me. What? Yeah, he's married to Olivia. Well, he's not married. He's his long-term girlfriend, Olivia. Uh, he Dan Skinner met her on there. And, they, and they've often put up the moment they met each other for the first time. It's a handshake at the door. <laughs> that's amazing, which they uh, probably had to film five times for yeah, different exactly. angles. Yeah. It's a great, great story, isn't it? You know, at your wedding. To oh, that's amazing. How you met. Yeah. But it's yeah. great. What's your favourite bit of Come Dine With Me? Is it when they, you know, and they, they all say goodbye at the door, they kiss, and then they get back into the taxi and they bitch and they say, you know, it was disgusting. I hated I it. I've just vomited think, in the back. I like it when they've had a few drinks and, you know, someone takes slight umbrage, normally over nothing, and sort of thinking they're a little bit better than they actually are. Well, thank you. You're an ignoramus. I mean, it's really nasty of me because I'm the same, but the sort of, I've got a philosophy about life. And, you know, when you've been through what I've been through in my life, excuse me, but you don't know my life. You know, that sort of getting very up on your pedestal about nothing. It's like, why, why do you think you're better than him? That taxi, the production own, and what they do is, it's the same taxi. They just put them in it after each day and they go around the block and film it and then get dropped off at the same house. And then it's the next person's go to have a go around the block filming I it. bet. I bet. But I felt, you know, this is a real, this is a, a Dave Lamb said to me, you know, he's a mate of mine who does the voiceover. 
And he, I mean, God, he records it for all over the world. And he says he can't remember one from the other. And I say, oh, do you remember this one, that one? He says the amount of times he meets people who says, oh, do you remember me? I, I, I actually, I was on Come Die With Me in Reading. And, 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 and you said, and he just has to go, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not even looking at the screen. I'm just reading this thing. <laughs> it's also the way people describe themselves. And of course, it's, it's a hard question for anyone to answer. It's a trap question, really, because you always sound stupid. But when people sort of excuse their own uh, flaws or, or, or fallible personality traits, they say, oh, you know what I'm like. And that gives you access oh, to be rude. Yeah. That's the classic, that, isn't it? That, that the, is, and the classic is, I, I say what I think. Yeah. Oh, she does. I've got that a wicked is, sense of humour. Yes. And you've never that, got a wicked sense of humour if you say I've got a wicked sense of humour. I cannot bear that. That is a thing that has crept in over the years. I say, I say, I say it as I say it. And uh, if you take, you take it or leave it, you take me or leave me. That is what I'm like. Well, try not to be like that. Yes, I'm working with you, Janet, at the photocopy. I can't yeah. leave you. I cannot leave you. Just, just. I mean, you know, I, I take it, take me as as you find me. Uh, I, I say those sort of things. I, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. Well, try, try lying a bit. Because that's how society moves along. Absolutely. That's how we rub together Absolutely. by you not being horrible. Well, right? you know what I'm like. You know what I'm like. So that <laughs> yeah. gives me a free pass. It's no excuse, is it? <laughs> we could all say that. Come down with me. Brilliant choice. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic. choice. Fantastic. Yeah. It's hilarious. Let's move on to your first bonus choice now, which is the television personality that you would take to spend the weekend with in Preston. So they get to come with you and watch all these shows on repeat. I would say my friend Matt Berry. Do you know Matt Berry? Absolutely. The, uh, the I Matt adore Berry. the man. We are humongous fans of Matt Berry. He sends me stuff occasionally, and it's so <laughs> vicious and nasty. So I think probably too much of him over a weekend might be <laughs> might get too much after a while. But you know, just to to, to laugh at some of his no, <laughs> no, I won't even say anymore. No, he sends me some funny stuff. So I think if we were watching telly, hearing his take, I mean, we often talk about TV programs we've been watching. Uh, so to hear his funny take on things would be great. He's great value for anyone that doesn't know Matt Berry. He's star of oh god, um, the IT Crowd, Toast of London. Um, he does every voiceover under the planet. Uh, what yes. we do in the shadows. Brilliant comedy actor and yeah. a fantastic yeah, musician as well. So he's a bit of a TV expert, so I'd like to hear his take on what we're watching. Great choice, then, to have next to you in, in the sort of I, I single beds, in the twin beds. absolute bed. yeah. hoot for an entire week. You yeah. can read the TV yeah, yeah. schedule in that booming voice of his, and it's kind of <laughs> soothing, isn't it? Yes. Rock you off to sleep. <laughs> Your third TV option is a TV choice that gets you sweating. Can be a drama, can be something that just has you on the edge of your seat. Do you know what makes me sweat? Um, the voice, when they're not turning. You know what it's like being a performer and to put yourself through that and put your head in the lion's jaws. To have those people presiding over your art and your career, that, that makes me sweat. And I feel very sorry for people, really. It's exploitative. And it's changed so much over the years. Initially on BBC, then it was bought by ITV and has been on there for about five years now. Yeah. So many different guest judges. Uh, Tom Jones has come back again. Will I Am. I think we've had so many over the years. We have Paloma Faith. Weirdly, yeah. um, I've got 
two pillows in my house of Gavin Rossdale, who was a judge on that on the show. <laughs> when I was in, I was at ITV one day, and they were chucking these pillows away because he'd just been axed as a judge. And, oh. and they had to get rid of all the merchandise. Sort of leaving party, was so it? I, I think he might have been in, was it bl- not Blur or something or something like no, that? No, he wasn't in Blur. Wasn't in I've Blur. never heard of him, if I'm honest with you. Uh, he was, uh, Gavin Rosdale. <laughs> Gavin Rosdale. He was in some band. And that's who's judging. Exactly. Yeah. Gabby Roslin. <laughs> yes, it was. Gabby Roslin. I think it was Gabby Logan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've got <laughs> the pictures of him all over my house. And I've, I've also got loads of portraits of David Dickinson <laughs> and loads of weird people. And they were chucking out these massive pictures when they were getting rid of the tower. Uh, That'd the be tower. perfect for Come Dine With me when people snoot round. You wouldn't do that in someone yeah. else's house normally, would you? Go around and look at their bras in a drawer. <laughs> no, <laughs> Get yeah, out of there. That, yeah, but any of that memorabilia, you know, that stuff that you're given. Yeah. I've had loads of that hanging around the you house. Must have loads of time. One day you think, what is this doing here? Just chuck it away. So the Voice UK is the choice that gets you sweating. Uh, would yes. you go on as Barry? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> which, which song would you sing as Barry? Uh, I sang uh, a little bit uh, s- sexy, you know, a little bit sexy. Um, do that to me one more time. Something like that, because I forgot what you did last time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Something. Uh, well, no, no one's turned around there on that occasion, um, but you never know. Next time. <laughs> If they do turn, they get a shock. Yes, they, they would get a huge shock. when you're in the prosthetics. That would be great, wouldn't it? It's uh, not sellable. Yeah. It's not. You're not a sellable artist, but you've got a lovely voice. <laughs> Through to the battles yeah. with Barry. <laughs> and your last television choice is your free hit. It's the one television program you couldn't live without. What is this final TV choice going to okay, be? Okay, very good. The one TV program I could not do it without is currently Billions. You know Billions with uh, Damien Lewis. It is. It every scene is dramatic. Every scene is a sort of cliffhanger. And it's about something I know nothing about. It's about, you know, buying and selling on the stock exchange. I mean, even me saying that, buying and selling on the stock exchange. It's a thriller. Every scene is a cliffhanger. (laughs) Well, it sounds like, it sounds awful. But it's, you know, you don't really have to know about that stuff. It's about, you know, the Americans, they call it billions. And there's a sort of disdain for this guy who is a bit of a maverick and he's making all this money by sort of dodgy dealing on the stock exchange. But in actual fact, the American's like, there's a real sneaking admiration for him. He's an absolute anti-hero. And it's about his his attempts to sort of hold on to his wealth and make money whilst the FBI are after him. And it's just endless. I mean, we've watched three series of this thing and it's it, it, and it's sort of, it's my go-to thing at night after a few drinks to sit and lose wow. ourselves in this world. You have to be drunk so... to enjoy the stock exchange. Yeah, you do. Well, <laughs> it, it does help. And, you know, uh, we've watched three series and, and it's, it's the same thing virtually every episode and it just goes round and round in a circle. You're but really selling so, it, Alex. You're really... <laughs> Honestly, if you could say, and he's a, such a great actor, but um, what can I say? How can I describe? It? It's great to be transported to the states for a kickoff. It's so far away from my suburban existence in Watford, <laughs> and you're out there, and it's in its sort of huge houses, and you know, larger than life characters, and big cars, fast cars, and it's just sort of very well written. The plot is always fantastic. 
I say always because it's the same plot every flipping episode. Um, and it's just beautifully acted, you know, and high production values. So that's the one, Billions. And I recommend it to anyone. And it's old news because it's been out for a few years and there's been five series. But it's I do recommend Is it. Is it still going or have we had our final series of it? I have absolutely no idea. But I think the fifth series is probably only recently but the funny thing that, that made me laugh about it i've listened to a podcast where the guy brian koppelman who writes it was interviewing damien lewis and i'm always interested in stuff where actors are talking about their process and he came on and i thought my god this is going to be really fascinating and basically he went and he's got an american accent now inexplicably probably because he works out there a lot D- damien lewis really? he was going yeah he was going I, I like to write down the scenes i'm in on the front of the script. I was thinking, oh, don't get too technical. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he said, uh, and then I walked through it and I maybe sometimes I just have a coffee in my hand while we're uh, rehearsing. I thought, there's that bloody coffee again. He um, <laughs> sort of, you know, and I thought, right, so you don't really put much in when you're rehearsing. And the day players come along and I just see what they bring to the scene and I'm just sort of very intuitive. So your method is basically write down the scenes you're Count in. Count the lines that you've got. <laughs> Count the lines. It's, more, it's more than her and him. Yeah, that's it. It's more than her and him. Oh, who am I meeting tomorrow? Oh, that's nice. That'd be nice. She's on set tomorrow. You know, have a coffee. You know, bowl through it. And say the, the lines character. in the right order. It cheered me up enormously, thinking, oh, well, you know, no one's doing anything particularly miraculous. And the other guy, Paul Giamato, Giamatti, is that his name? He's yeah. the other guy. And he was saying something about, you know, my, my process, you know, when we're away from the monitor and he's talking with this guy, Koppelman, and, you know, we're, we're having we're having fun. It might look to other people like we're just having fun. And but no, no, I think that's very much part of the process. Mm, right. So you're <laughs> over there just pissing around when you're not. On the... <laughs> it's like this is this is not exactly Stanislavski, is it? I mean, I thought, great, because that's all I do when I turn up to things. Your free hit show, then the show you can live without is Billions. Four very good choices. One more choice to go. And that is your second bonus choice, which is an unlimited snack or food supply that you get to take to Preston and eat. And you'll get an unlimited supply of this. Can't okay. really be a meal. It has to kind of be a snacky nope. thing. Or it can be a bit from a meal, like a chicken or Brussels sprouts or carrots. I've got that. A bit from a meal. Thank you for giving me the example. It's a little <laughs> bit of a meal. It's one component, <laughs> but it's not the lot. I understand. So that could be a vegetable. I've got it. I've got it. So bacon, bacon, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, the um, I think it would have to be, and this is a strange choice. Do you know what kohlrabi is? No. No. You would love this. Okay. Honestly. I don't know why it's not a massive hit. My friend uh, Miltos Urolimu, do you know him? He was in Game of Thrones. He, we did our degree together. He's a, he's a Cypriot guy. And he, presumably they eat a lot of this in Cyprus, and it's like a cross between an apple and a cabbage. So you cut it, and it's like the sort of very white stalk of a cabbage. You have it with lemon and a bit of salt, and it is the nicest vegetable. But you just peel it, slice it, bit of lemon, uh, onion salt I've got into recently, which is lovely. And that would be that would be it. It sounds tremendous. It's it sounds very exciting. I'm trying, I'm trying to picture it. So it's, a, yeah. it's a, a white bit of stalk, is what we're saying. <laughs> is what, what it is. It's a stalk <laughs> and some pips. It's, sort of, it's a cross between a cabbage and an apple, you say. It is quite hard to imagine it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it sounds bloody horrible. It's um, you've probably seen it uh, by the side of a road, it. perhaps in a lay-by. Here's a podcast. Here's a podcast. In the describing vegetables. <laughs> yeah, and the winner of the podcast award. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just. Um, I don't know. I don't own it. Go and have a look for it. When would you have it? Would you? You wouldn't put it on, if you put it on a roast, for example. So well, you'd have it if you were watching telly for a whole weekend in Preston. It's when you'd have it. When this finishes, I want you to Google it. I want you to buy it. I want you to eat it. And you tell me what you think. We will give okay. it a try. Yeah, and we'll record we'll a little conclusion after the show. We will we yeah, will say yeah. what we think about yeah. it. I mean, I say I say I want you to tell... I, I'm not that fussed whether you get in touch with me. <laughs> to tell me. It's legally binding now. <laughs> I don't want to hear any recordings about your thoughts on it. Put it that way. Um, I've also really enjoyed watching Elliot try and spell Colorado while he writes it down. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm not hard. even certain how you do spell it. I'm not even certain now you do spell it we've got a sort of collaboration yeah. it looks like that I started with Colorado Col- and yeah, a collar and you've taken a TV show that makes you think of your childhood which is the good old days a TV show that gets you laughing which is come dine with me your bonus choice of personality was Matt Berry to take with you the TV show that got you sweating was The Voice UK and your free hit your TV show you couldn't live without is Billions and you're going to be taking some Colorado with you to munch <laughs> on to your heart's content throughout the weekend as well happy yeah. with those choices yeah it's very happy thank you very much alex it's been an absolute oh, pleasure oh thank you guys i really 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 spent a long time on this i mean enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> i'm still laughing from that what a treat alex lowe's episode there of you have been watching such a funny man such a funny talented voice merchant and performer yeah love that so funny great fun he is taking the good old days as his childhood option not got much to add to that, other than he loved cabaret. Anything with a sense of cabaret, he he absolutely adored as a kid. And this is firmly in that category. He's taking Come Dine With Me as the TV show that gets him laughing. He said he'd even go into it as Barry. Right, so confession here as well. We've had Come Dine With Me, obviously, on the show already. We have. But we let it slip. We send all our guests a little, you know, a little PDF, and we tell them the rules of the game, you know. And we also do say all the shows that we've had before, and you can repeat it if you must, and he wanted to. He wanted to give his own opinion on it, um, and I think that's totally valid. And it was a really marvellous opinion on it as yes. well. He's taking Matt Berry with him as his TV personality. I mean, what a choice, and what an honour to know him personally as well. I think I'd love to be getting texts from Matt Berry. Yeah, I, I, man, I wonder what he sends him he said it's vicious stuff it must be memes it must be maybe bitching backstabbing (laughs) industry secrets yeah fantastic yeah what an amazing amazing voice that man has got he said it might get a bit too much for a whole weekend i could probably see that happening i think i'd murder to get matt berry's voice yeah he's got a fantastic voice hasn't he yeah murder someone that didn't matter obviously yeah obviously oh god yeah Uh, the TV show that gets him sweating is The Voice UK, another show he said he'd go in as a character and he even sang for us a little bit as Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be absolutely hilarious. Do you know, I, I watched The Voice when it first came about because it was a, like a Dutch format, wasn't it? It came from yeah, a Dutch guy. it was on the guy. BBC first. It was yeah. on the BBC first and I thought the spinning idea was so good, but it was no X Factor, was it? His free hit was Billions, a show that I've never seen with Damien Lewis, but I, I do need to watch it actually. It's, it's an oldie but a good yeah, he didn't really sell it. it. The plot's the same every week and it's about the stock market and it helps <laughs> to have some alcohol in the system to enjoy it. But I've heard great things. I've heard really great things. Damien Lewis is a super actor, isn't he? Now, we've got to admit something here. We haven't tried 
Colorado. We haven't tried Colorado. Look, there's been lockdowns. There's been a pandemic. We haven't been able to get to a market that sells Colorado. I think it's quite hard to get anyway. I cannot find it anywhere. No, it's you really hard. You certainly cannot get it on a cardo. Yeah, and I know <laughs> that you're such a fan of salt, onion, salt, lemongrass, and all, <laughs> all the stuff that goes nicely with it as a compliment. I'm not going to lose sleep over not trying Colorado. I'd like to try. I would like to try. And I re-looked at a photo after just listening to the episode. There, and and it, it, it does look like a cabbage, but it has pips and stuff in it. Mm. Yeah. Well, what is it like that was? Uh, of course, don't forget to subscribe and please do leave a review if you can. And you can follow us on Instagram at Luke and Elliot Comedy and on Twitter at Luke and Elliot just to make things slightly more awkward. Have a lovely week, Luke. And you. What are you doing this week? Um, I'm going to be... Um... Are you going to a soft play area? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, see you there, then. Yeah. I was lying. <laughs>